This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. episode of Just a Tip, an advice podcast that's equally about its tangents as it is about its tips. I'm your host, Megan Batoon, and today I have a new friend who I'm so stoked to talk to here to help me help you. Kareen in the building. Hi. Looking so beautiful. So are you. Really? Thank you. Yes. That's really nice. Not in a way of like wanting affirmation, but like definitely didn't feel great this oh, I, morning. Same. So thank you. I can't believe yeah. you would not feel great every day. That's what I think looking at you <laughs> and looking at you on camera earlier watching your videos. So that's. I'm so glad that we're in the same boat. Yeah, we are. Feeling great, but so beautiful at the same time. <laughs> thank you. You may know Kareen as the founder from my favorite feeling Instagram account called We're Not Really Strangers. I don't know how I found your account at all, but I'm so glad I did. I followed immediately and then I think I sent like a couple posts to like 10 different people. (gasps) And it was like, for those of you that haven't seen it, go on Instagram right now. What's the exact handle? It's at We're Not Really Strangers, but no apostrophe. So W-E-R-E. Yes. Not Really Strangers. And it is, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically uh, like vulnerable street art mural scapes? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so essentially like it all came about because of the card game I created, and it's all about empowering meaningful connections. So for me, the Instagram page became a marketing tool for it. Cool. So, So I wanted to create artwork around the themes the game explored. So it's kind of a roundabout way of marketing the product, but... Wow, that's More heartfelt. I, yes, absolutely. I didn't know that the game came first. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa. A long time ago. Okay. <laughs> I, let's back. Usually we like start with a game, but I need to. I need to know all yeah. of this. Yeah. So where did it come from? The idea in general of like, have you always been vulnerable? Have you always been in tune with your feelings? I've always been very emotional. Okay. Um, but the way it kind of all began was I've been doing photojournalism since I was very young. Like I would go, like I was in yearbook in middle school Mm -hmm. and I would walk around with my camera and I realized it was a passport to literally anyone. You can kind of just talk to anyone and it gets you anywhere. Right. So I fell in love with that. Um, When I was 16 years old, I had my first heartbreak as a lot of us do at that age. Mm -hmm. And I just remember the feeling of heartbreak just kind of surprising me because I had never experienced it 
freaked me out because I was right. so, lost my appetite. I never had experienced that. And I remember being in class and Googling how to not cry in public because I was so distraught and it said to pinch yourself. So I was in history class <laughs> pinching myself. Oh my God. I was so sad. And, but I had a camera. So one day my, my friend and I had the idea to set up a tripod on Ventura. I grew up in LA. Mm. Um, and as strangers walked by, asked them the question, have you ever gotten over your first love? Oh my God, I have chills. Yeah, because I had never experienced it. So I'm, I was thinking like, will I ever get over this? Yeah. And I Googled the question and the answers were really bad. So I was like, let yeah. me take this to the <laughs> real world because, you know, you never want to Google your problems. Yeah, um, I do constantly me too and it never really helps me out so we went on the streets was interviewing people had a lot of video footage and I just kind of like fell in love with that experience yeah and as I got older I kept doing it so I like during my free time like this is like 16 17 18 19 20 21 my free time was I would go to different areas of LA park my car and walk for hours and interview the most random people and like spend hours with them. And I have all these photos and interviews. And I was doing that, but didn't have like a call to action. I remember a friend being like, what's your why? Like, wh what are you doing with all of this? My Instagram account at the time was at chickens and waffles. That was my handle. So I would hashtag my photography and interviews waffleography, which was stupid, you know, <laughs> like it didn't match what I was doing, but I had no name for it. Sure. Um, and then one day, this was probably like three years ago, I don't remember the exact date, but I was walking um, to my car in downtown and there was a man sitting reading and something compelled me to walk over to him and interviewed him. And at the end, he told me I would write a book one day and it would be called We're Not Really Strangers. Oh my God. And that's how the name originated. Oh my God. I need a moment to recollect myself because I'm, I'm like sweating and freezing at the same time. Because, oh. well, first of all, going up to strangers in general is crazy for me. Yeah. But like with you, with photojournalism, that you have that background. So you're not scared. I would be today. There was something, I don't know what took over me at that time in my life. Wow. Because if you were to tell me to go do this today, I'd be like, oh, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired, but also like more shy these days. Like, yes. I don't know why I was so, I think it was just going through emotions and breakups. And like, there was something fueling me at that time. Right. So I can't even fully say I could do it today. But it was something that I was doing a lot at the time. Right. Maybe just like the fact that everyone has gone through the same thing. Not everything the same, but like deep down we're all, we are all the same. Yeah. And so you trying to like navigate those emotions and feelings, you were just like maybe ha wanting to connect with somebody that also needed Absolutely. to connect at the time. Absolutely. Wow. That yeah. is so cool. And then so when he told you that it's going to be called We're Not Really Strangers, you wrote it down. Yes, I immediately text a friend of mine. I was walking away, texted him, was like, what do you think about we're not really strangers for the name of this? And he said, no, I don't know. <laughs> he really didn't like it. Smash cut to yeah. now. He, he was like, no, but in my heart, it felt right because it, at the time I didn't know what this would be, but it did encapsulate like that call to action or the why. Like, yeah. why am I taking these pictures of all these different kinds of people? And they were very diverse, the... There was homeless. There was like a 102-year-old woman that I photographed outside of the Beverly Hills Hotel. Yeah. All types of different people. But the goal was to figure out how we're all the same. Yes. You know, so we're not really strangers kind of was perfect. It's amazing. Yeah. What does your friend think about it now? 
I don't, I'm not in touch with him anymore. But this was someone I was friends with, like, in high school and a little bit afterwards. Right. Yeah. So this is, I'm, like, beyond myself excited to talk about this. Um, the game itself, you brought one, which is so nice of you because I've already pre-ordered two. Oh, you're the best for that. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I bought one as a gift. A while ago, a, a guy I, I was dating gave Ooh. me a book that he really liked, but uh -huh. he bought two of them. Uh -huh. And I was like, why is there two? He was like, because I know you'll love it <gasps> so much that I want you to give it to someone else because I know you'll want to. That's really sweet. Isn't it? I like that. I was like, Yank, I'll yeah. take that for my future everything. <laughs> yeah. So I bought two uh -huh. right away, and uh, I played it with my friend. I took her out to dinner for watching my cats when I was traveling, mm -hmm. and we played it, and it was, it's so interesting because there's three different levels, and like you can definitely go into this better than I can, but what we were both realizing is like it's such a good game for people that you don't know to like get to know them, but it's also really good as you get to like the level threes of people that you already know and to like dig deeper of like things you maybe haven't talked right. about before. Right. Yes. It is so good. Thank you. It's so can you tell me like this came before anything else? Like after these interviews that you were having with all these people, you were like, I want to make a game first or no, I wish it was that easy, but okay. it definitely kind of slowly unfolded because the name came about, but then still I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, mm -hmm. so I would go around, I would make these decks on keynote of we're not really strangers and what it could be and all these ideas. And I would call people and be like, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be a photo submission platform where, and I built out the whole, like what the website would be. So you would take a photo of a stranger and I would walk you through how to do it and you would submit it and we would archive all the photos and it would be a Google of emotion. So you go on notreallystrangers.com, you type in love and all these uh, pictures and interviews of love would come up. And that was the idea. Yeah. It was so hard. Nothing yeah. was working for me. Like it was not coming together. I couldn't. I had a, someone helping me kind of like brainstorm ideas, but it wasn't flowing. Mm -hmm. That idea wasn't flowing. And I remember it was around Valentine's Day, um, around that time, and I was just in my friend's, I was living with my friend at the time, I was on on the bed, and just being really sad, I was actually, I think I might have cried or something, I was just like, I don't know what this thing is, because I know I want to pursue it, but there's nothing to show for it. Sure. Um, and I had remembered another stranger that I met a few weeks before, maybe a few months before that, and... He and I were sitting across from each other at Soho House, and I wasn't even a member. I was literally just crashing my friend's membership, <laughs> and he was eating, um, and we sparked a conversation, and he was like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm working on a deck for We're Not Really Strangers and making up a story of what it was. Sure. I wasn't quite sure. He told me he makes documentaries and produces things, so I had the idea. We exchanged information, so later on, I had the idea to pitch him and be like, hey, what do you think of going out to a, like a public space, mm -hmm. setting up a table, two chairs, and I'll write out the questions I ask strangers Ooh. during the photography, but we'll have complete strangers asking each other those <gasps> questions. Ooh. And he was like, sure, let's do it. So fast forward, we picked a day, went out to this park and um, wrote out the questions. And the first question was, what is your name? Just to get the conversation started. He's like, no, make it. What do you think my name is? Mm. And I was like, why? Like, I don't like that. <laughs> and he was, I was like, that's the least important part is the names. Can we? I don't right, want right. them spending time guessing their names. Totally. But he fought me on it, thankfully, because he somehow kind of like added the question anyways. And as I was sitting back with my headphones watching the people play, 
I realized that was one of the most interesting parts was seeing strangers challenge these assumptions, you know, because we all silently judge each other based on our physical appearance and the way we carry ourselves, all those like silent cues. Um, So I realized, what do you think my name is can kind of be built out more? Like, what do my shoes tell you about me? What was your first impression of me? Do you think I fall in love easily? Why or why not? Um, And I realized that could be a level. So I started writing it out question by question. I was like, level one is all about how we view each other. So that could be called perception. Mm -hmm. But then you have to dig deeper. So then you connect. We'll call level two connection. And then the last thing is you should probably reflect. So we'll call that reflection. I was like, oh, that rhymes. But that took a while. That was like probably months of like writing things out, looking at it, testing it, and adding. Mm-hmm. It was like a slow process. And then finally I had these three levels as a keynote, uh, you know, PDF keynote. And I took it to New York and I didn't really know anyone, so I started playing it with people, and there seemed to be some interest. Yeah. So I was like, okay, there could be something here. And Cards Against Humanity was blowing up at the time. And I was like, okay, games are having a new thing, like a resurgence. Sure. And there's something cool about it having a tangible thing to interact with, to bring you to the present moment. And slowly but surely, I was like, let me gamify this this deck of questions. Let wow. me add levels. Let me add wild cards. The final card came about and years, years, years later, finally launched yeah. a few months ago. So that was that's the long story of how it all came together. I love it. I have not looked at the final card. I'm basically like, I because I saw it, uh, it, it's wrapped in its like own package. Mm-hmm. So it makes me scared of it <laughs> because like we, I played it with two different friends and we, we picked like, we probably played it wrong. Are you supposed to go from the front to the back or can you kind of like pick whichever you want? I think you can... The the idea is you go from level one to level three okay. and play a minimum of 15 questions per level. Okay. And then you do the final card. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't, I opened it in my other package, but like I almost read it, but I didn't want to see it. Uh-huh. But until I'm ready to play the final card, it's like my Bowser, like oh, the end I game. I love it. I love it. So because we played, like we played a couple of the first level and a couple of the second level. And then like one of the third ones, I was like, oh my God, I'm tensing up because this is so like vulnerable. We're in it. And the the note you write, you have like a handwritten note, which is the best. And it says like, uh, there's two ways to play it. One, you can play safe and two, you can play to grow. Mm -hmm. And the second is how you win. And that is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. People were asking me a lot, like when I was talking about putting this game out in the world, they're like, so how do you win? If it's a game, how do you win? And Uh, I remember that would frustrate me because I was like, I don't know. There's, it's not that kind of game. But then it occurred to me like... I just said it to someone. I was like, yeah, there's two ways to play. Like, if you could play safe or you can play to grow. And that's how you win. Yeah. And like, so it finally came to me. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the note. That's so cool. So since there's so many different iterations of where you wanted to go with We're Not Really Strangers, was there any time where you were just, like, so confused on what to do that you wanted to quit? Oh, yeah. And then yeah. how did you, like, re-steer that? yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's still moments like this morning, even just to get vulnerable is like it it got really tense for a different reason of like the logistics and the back end and the business side of everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm I feel I'm more of the creative brain of it all, you know, and now I'm I'm kind of coming up against different problems that I've never had to face before. Mm. And then like going down to the elevator today, I was like, oh, like 
what if I just canceled all of my deadlines and said, I'm not doing it? But yeah. like, of course, I can't do that. Right. But there's always parts of you that, that feel so overwhelmed at times. And you're like, you know, like, I don't need to deal with that. Like, I could just stop it all. But, of right. course, you're not going to. And the reason for me is I'm truly obsessed with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, truly. It's all I really think about, like— I'm madly in love with this project and everything about it. And I feel like I've created my dream job in a lot of ways, like from the product side, from the marketing side, from the creating the artwork side. Like I'm obsessed with every single part of what this is. Yeah. So even when I get frustrated, what kind of brings me back is like, well, I still, this is still like all I can think about. So it's like there's no escaping it. Yeah. Whereas in the past, like I did try to create, another business before this when I was like 18 mm-hmm. um, and I kept finding myself getting bored Ooh. and I had a boyfriend at the time who was also creating his own thing and I would ask him I was like like do you ever get bored of what you're doing like yeah. how do you stay so focused on this like I'm kind of getting bored and he was like no I never get bored and I was like oh that's interesting like I kind of like <laughs> noted, be nice. yeah I noted that though I was like that's what I want I don't yeah. want to be getting bored and I had a partner in that business, actually, who was helping me. It was like a, a, a fashion line type of thing. And I had to have the really uncomfortable conversation with him because he had, he was a lot more experienced than me, a lot older. Mm-hmm. And I kind of ghosted him out of nowhere. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. where are you? And sent me an invoice <gasps> of everything I owed him because we were, we were building this thing together. And oh, rightfully God. so, because I just kind of dropped the ball and was like, like disappeared. And I had to have that uncomfortable conversation where I went over to his place. And I remember, like, being so scared outside of his apartment. I went into his place, and I was like, look, like, thank you so much for supporting me in this, but my heart's not in it anymore. I want to pursue We're Not Really Strangers. Yeah. It wasn't a game, by the way. It was still nothing. But I was like, there's something in me that feels like I need to be focusing on that, and my heart isn't in this. I can't give it my all. Mm -hmm. And he totally understood. And was so supportive, gave me a hug, and was like, go do what you need to do. And... So that was an example of me not enjoying something or feeling frustrated in a venture, but realizing it wasn't for me Yeah. versus because I'm so obsessed with what this is all about. Even in the hard moments, I have no choice. My brain just circled back to it because I love it. Yeah. I'm so glad that he was nice about that. I've been in the position on the receiving end of like someone being like, I don't want to do this anymore and not being able to handle that well. And that was tough. It's hard. It is. It's hard. I mean, it's like any, if someone is breaking up with you and you don't want to break up, like, there's no way to save the relationship. Exactly. And that's why I'm so grateful. Like, every person in my life has basically empowered this to all be possible and, like, in their own way. Yeah. You know, but you're right. Like, I I still think about that. And even as I tell this story, I'm like, wow, that was really cool of him. And I'm so grateful. And, like, yeah, I don't know. He just made it. A lot easier. Right. And setting a good example of like, that's how to handle something that's hard to hear with grace. Yeah. And he absolutely did. He absolutely did. I wish everyone could know that. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone could have that in their, in their like repertoire of how to respond to things. Cause so much happens like in our lives. And I just, it's all based off like how people are showing up in their life and like the work that they've done on themselves in order to give you grace. Mm. But like, there's been so many times that I've been met with just like ignorance and rage and just like the ugliest sides of people that like bring out the ugliest sides of you. If you're like also not very secure. 
It's yeah. been tough. Yeah, I'm sure you have so many stories about that. Oh my god, I just I remember like breaking up with a guy and be, it being very tumultuous, uh-huh. and then after the fact being like, I don't. I think it was like three days ago. Someone was like, "When's the last time you got mad?" And I was like, "2012." <laughs> like I don't get mad. Right. Ever. I, I feel you. I get really sad. Yeah, I feel you on that completely. <laughs> I'm on the same page. I don't really get yeah, road rage. Like never. I don't relate to that. No. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting because I feel like a lot of people get mad, especially like the people that have like been in my life for a while. But it's like, what's the? It's not like a conducive emotion. Being right. mad. Like, right. there's nothing you can do while you're mad that's going to help. And just being mad is, like, more energy. Yeah. Like, you get hot. You get annoyed. You can have, just cry. Have you ever been an angry person and then you transitioned? Or do you are you naturally not an angry person? I think I was an angry person. Oh, really? When I grew up, I... I remember like finding a like a Christmas ornament and throwing it against the wall just oh. so I could like feel a release. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then I when I was dating this guy, I was in San Diego in like a very quiet suburban town. Mm-hmm. And I was with my roommate at the time and she was driving us there. And I got out of the car, or I think she told me to get out of the car because mm-hmm. I was like yelling at my boyfriend. Mm. But like no one has been able to like produce those emotions besides us, like fiery, fiery. We were both Aries. Got it. Okay. But it was like so brought it out of you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't like who I am when I'm with you. That's real. I've yeah. now that I think about it, um, I was also in a relationship where we got in some yell into some yelling things, like mm. yelling matches. And that's not something I can even imagine like like I don't relate it's like to a that. Different person. Yeah. You like when I look back on that, I'm like, oh, who is that? Yeah. I don't even recognize you. Yeah, it's interesting. Stay away from the people that make you mad. (laughs) Right. Like, what are people bringing out of us, you know? Right. And also, like, vice versa. Like, I had a a friendship that the person kept getting upset and volatile. And and I realized, like, I need to create a distance not only for me receiving that energy, but also I'm clearly bringing it out. Absolutely. You know, we have to just be aware on both ends. A thousand percent. Yeah, I definitely wasn't helping. Yeah, <laughs> I was like right? fueling the fire. No, I feel that. Oh my god. Okay, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and help someone. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back. I want to play a game that I call Bursts of Firsts, which is one round of rapid fire questions. Everything from your first job to the first time you cried in public. And if I yell stop, you have to either explain, elaborate, or tell the full story. Okay, that's fun. Okay, here we go. (laughs) I'm nervous. First job. First job, um, my friend and I bought things from the 99 cent store. This is when we were really, really young and like went door to door to sell it. Wait, stop. <laughs> yeah. Stop. We did I that. I love that, that's, that you call it a job. Too. Okay, that was my, that's what came to my brain. Like, that's the first time I was like, let me try and make some money. Wait, how old were you? Maybe like nine or something like that. Like, we would do weird things like that. You've always been business savvy, but I I don't know if it's business savvy. I don't know. <laughs> it was that was our fun. Like we were like, let's go, let's see how much we can make off this vase. Like was it a lot? Like how much did you mark it up? I don't remember. I don't remember the <laughs> margins, but <laughs> I know that we went to the ninety nine cent store, went door to door, and I remember something broke, and then we we're like, okay, let's move on with our oh, day. <laughs> like something broke as we were like lugging it around, and we got bored <laughs> with our day. Yeah, love that. Okay, proceeding. <laughs> first cell phone. First uh, psychic, I think. Ooh, fun. I think so. Yeah. First pet. Um, a rabbit. Oh. Named Snow White. Cute. First kiss location. <laughs> Um, like Sherman Oaks, like on this bridge thing. (laughs) (laughs) Very romantic. First major purchase. First major, probably the first run of games. Oh, uh uh-huh. First choice in a karaoke book. Take It Easy by the Eagles. First internet screen name. I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, okay, it was actually, it was Supermodel something something like numbers but it looked like sperm model because it was SPR model and I remember someone like made fun of me for it this was like elementary school or whatever like AOL account oh my god elementary school (laughs) yeah first thing you think when someone doesn't answer the phone um I get it because I'm that way (laughs) first celebrity crush um Mitchell Musso comes to mind from like Hannah Montana, whatever he was oh, on. Yeah. I don't know. I <laughs> first concert. Little Bow Wow. First scar. It's on my arm right here from um, I was doing a runway show and was wearing very expensive jewelry. I was opening the show and I had to walk downstairs and the person who was gonna like help me down wasn't there, but like the <gasps> lights cued me and I fell down and my arm was bleeding. No. Yeah. I'm going to stop here for a couple more questions. Wait, so yes, you got your start on modeling. Yeah, so I started modeling right after high school. Um, I was going to go to NYU for photography, but couldn't afford it. Uh So when I got scouted, I was like, perfect. I'm just going to defer enrollment um, and see what modeling does for me. But it just kind of like worked really well. And I ended up revoking the admission and just modeling full time. Well, how did where were you when you got scouted? Um, At Starbucks on Fairfax. Really? Yeah, and I had my camera around me because I was doing the street photography. And the woman in front of me was, like, talking to me about the cameras. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a Canon 7D, whatever it was. <laughs> and um, and then she's like, do you model? And I said, no. She took me out to the, like, the back of the Starbucks, took some pictures of me, and I signed, like, that next week. Wow. Yeah. Were you at all, like, nervous or skeptical? Or were you just, like, oh, yeah. wide-eyed and, like, excited? No, I was very terrified. Really? Yeah, and even, like, like... 
even going into the agency, even though I know they had requested to meet with me, I was like, oh, the minute they see me in person, they're oh not going to like it. <laughs> like, oh you know, like you create a story around. I was so scared. Right. Yeah. Oh, who do you remember that woman's name? I think her name is Elizabeth is wow. the scout. And yeah. then Sydney was the one who signed me. Wow. Yeah. Kind of life-changing. Oh, yeah. It changed my life, for sure. What was your order at Starbucks? <laughs> it's I mainly don't remember. What I know. It was like an ice, probably like something sweet and ice, like with whipped yeah. cream, extra whipped cream. <laughs> How cute. Yeah. Wow. What a cool thing. And then, so you, then you started doing modeling shows, and then this happened like early on in the career or after you've done it for maybe quite like, some time? Maybe like a year and a half into it. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny because... It was for a very expensive jewelry line. Yeah. I think I was wearing like, I was literally wearing millions of dollars worth of jewelry. Oh my God. So I know I was wearing a bracelet and the scar, where's the scar? It's, I'm like, oh yeah, right here. It looks like a little shark tooth. Um, But I was wearing an expensive bracelet. So as I was walking, people were like, oh, and I didn't know why. Because it was like tables set up and you're kind of walking through the tables. And I didn't know what happened. But then I looked down and I see blood gushing oh and they rush over to like pat the blood so it wouldn't get into the jewelry oh, no. <laughs> and then they're like I went I rushed upstairs and they're like do you want stitches and I I'm really scared of anything pointy so yeah I just went home I was like don't Carrot stitch me yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> so yeah you just thought they were like awe inspiring at the jewelry they're like oh, that piece is breathtaking right, but it was just it was like fear gushing blood <laughs> yeah oh my god well yeah. glad you're better yeah and let's move on First thing you do when you like someone. Stock social media? Mm-hmm. First show you binge watched. First show I binge watched? I don't know. Wait. Um, probably like Hannah Montana or something. <laughs> you love Hannah Montana. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't, but that's what comes to mind. <laughs> you know Disney shows, you would yes. binge watch those. Absolutely. Disney Channel Originals? Absolutely. Yeah. First excuse you make when trying to cancel plans. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First time you cried in public, the last question. In public? In public. Probably not that long ago. Oh. The first time? Oh, the first time. Sorry, the first time. Yeah, like the last. Oh, uh, this is hard. The first time I cried in public? Probably like around 16. I don't know when. I can't remember. Yeah. The- do you remember the first time you cried in public? I think I do. Well, I hyperventilated when I was uh, oh, taking no. my... taking my driver's test not in the car but like I took my driver's test and I did the whole thing like I think perfectly (laughs) and then in the parking when you park Uh I had on one of the one of the tires the cone was leaning against my car because I was parked too closely to one Mm -hmm. of like the orange cones and so he failed me he couldn't like just like dock some points and still give me a license so I and I was like so looking forward to it I mean it was my first stint with expectations Mm -hmm. You know what? That's funny because you just brought up a memory. I failed the driver's test twice before I, and I remember when I failed it the second time walking to the car and like I was about to cry. Wait, so, why did you fail? I mean, I <laughs> worst problems. <laughs> that was I mean, not good. I ran into the DMV. It was bad. I remember like I tried to make a left, like I made, I tried to make a turn on the completely wrong lane, like something stupid like that, like within the first oh. thirty seconds of the test. So wow. I deserved it. <laughs> you didn't deserve that, but I did. I feel like I didn't deserve it, but I was like, my mom was nervous, like yeah. hyperventilating in public. Like people were like, walking into the DMV being like, is she okay, what mom? Was, what did it look like? You were just like, <gasps> like yeah. going crazy? I needed like a, a paper bag. And I've only seen that in movies, but like I truly like could not catch my breath. Just 
Niagara Falls from each eye. You had big plans for that week with that car, didn't you? You had something <laughs> yeah, planned. To just not to start drive around my neighborhood. Right, right. That's funny. Oh, my oh God. no. The best point in time for a parent is when their kids get like their license because they're like, can I get you anything? It's right. basically like a free Uber for a bit. Right. Free Postmates. Right. Yeah, go pick up some groceries. Go right. do this. Right. Oh, no. Yeah, those are my plans is to be helpful. Right. <laughs> and he had to fail you. I know. Not nice. But I cry all the time. <laughs> and I love it. Me too. Have you seen the show This Is Us? No. Ugh. I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast, but it is such a good show if you really? want to cry. Okay. It'll, it'll do that for you. It's on Netflix. Okay. I'll check it out. It's a really good show. Okay. Here we go. Let's help. A person. She, he is 26. They are 26. I don't have their name. Okay. For anonymous reasons. (laughs) Here we go. Hi, I am 26. I live in Los Angeles. And my question is um, about how to choose your next step. I feel like ever since I've left college, I kind of just took whatever jobs I found, which has kind kind of led me on a path. Um, which is great and has taught me a lot and has kind of informed my main goal, but is not my main goal. So to be very specific, my main goal was to be in performance, and now I'm kind of in the um, behind-the-scenes arena. And I, I love it, and I just I don't know how to choose my next step because I have a job that could further me down this behind-the-scenes path and be very lucrative hmm. or – should I give it all up and do what I thought I came here to do? Hmm. That's a really Maybe that's good a question. circuitous yeah. question, but um, how to choose next steps to make sure that you're like following, like when to change your goal, I guess. Okay. Thank you. So cute. That's a really good question. That's an amazing question. Yeah. Very relatable too. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever found, had a question like this on the podcast. It's so this really is great. Good. I mean, instantly like i i think we should always reevaluate our goals yeah so i don't think she needs to stick with what she came here to do at all yeah okay so the first thing that popped in my head as i heard your question um i don't know your name but anonymous is oprah is someone i look up to a lot and she's always talking about like don't get overwhelmed with a million things just keep asking yourself what is the next right move so even just the act of asking ourselves that question, like our brain starts filtering out the answer and it presents itself to us. Ooh. And I'm a big believer of that. Like I, I definitely try to practice that because I do, I definitely get overwhelmed a lot. Yeah. Like what's my, what do I need to do? Like what, there's a million things I could do. I could, for, in your case, pursue um, what I'm passionate about on the performance end or I can pursue a more lucrative financial route. Um, but what is the next right move? Perhaps it's you continue on the more lucrative path to empower yourself financially to pursue your more creative endeavors as a performer. Mm-hmm. Even for myself, like modeling is not my passion. I respect it and appreciate it and everything it's done for me. But it was never that thing where I was like, I'm in my element. The yeah. minute I walk on set, ooh, I know all my angles and I'm just yeah. in my power. I never felt that way. Mm-hmm. I actually felt the most insecure modeling um but I also knew that it was a great opportunity and it still is because I still do model um but I had the bigger goal in my mind at all times and there so I think kind of having that understanding that you Mm -hmm. can empower yourself by pursuing a more lucrative route behind the scenes 
maybe while you're on set, you meet someone who is a performer that you can learn from and figure out a way to to flip where you're at down the line. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'll also, like she mentioned that she loves the behind the scenes mm-hmm. arena. True. Which is so cool because also like being in front of a camera is like exhausting sometimes. <laughs> right. So it's like right. if you love that right. and it's secure and right. lucrative and, and like you feel good doing it, then that is the right move. Yeah. Yeah. And then just continuously, like you're asking us the question, which is great. And we can give our advice with the limited knowledge of what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. But asking yourself that question consistently, like what's the next right move? When am I in my element? When do I feel most alive? What are you doing? What are you wearing? Who are you around? Like really being in touch with like the moments that you are your happiest creatively and following that while still creating a life for yourself that's comfortable and financially set to empower your bigger goals. Yeah. There's a, a workbook called The Artist's Way. I think I've mentioned it before, but like you were saying, what makes you feel the most alive? Mm-hmm. One of the questions is to write like a list of 20 things that makes you feel the most you. Mm-hmm. And then take wow. yourself on a date and just pick one of those things or like schedule one of those things and only do it with you. Don't put it on social media. Don't bring a significant other. It is just for you. And, like, that's a a fun place to start. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's you're writing out a list of things that make you feel the most yourself. Yeah, slash alive. Alive. Got it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so, like, it's almost like a a reverse engineer of, like, an ingredients list of, like, how to make one Kareen or how to make one Megan or Mm -hmm. how to make one anonymous. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like one part this, one part comedy, one part dance, one part food, like one part cooking. Yeah. Yeah. And then take one of those parts and make it like a full day or a full hour. That's just for you. I love that. I love that. And then one other thing for anonymous um, is maybe asking yourself the question is like, as you're pursuing the more uh, financially set behind the scenes route, like what's one small step you can take towards the thing you're more passionate about and take that small step and Mm -hmm. don't expect it to all come together in a day or however long. Like put the work in day by day, little by little. Like what's one small thing you can do to start exploring that alternate route while you're still um, setting yourself up to be secure? Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Just like every single day, what's one thing I could do? Or, yeah. like, spend 10 minutes thinking, like, what is the next step for, like, tomorrow? Almost, like, planning also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Earlier today, before we were recording, I think you had mentioned that the the game took you four years. Is that right? A long time, yeah. Around four years. And then you said that it just wasn't ready or you were scared to put it out yeah. or something like oh, that. Yeah. So I feel like that might be kind of similar to where she's at. I mean, if she, I don't know if like fear is a factor for the performance side of what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is a very scary, vulnerable place to like be in yeah. front of the camera. Yeah. So like when you were scared about putting out the game, what emotions and what thoughts were going through your head to get you kind of past that fear? Embarrassment. Yeah. Because it wasn't even like, oh, let me be, let me just put it out there. It was really because I was working on it for so long and people started being like, so is it out? Are you still doing that card game thing? And it was so much of that. I started, the embarrassment was overtaking the fear. And I was Ah. like, this is, I just need to put it out already. Right. Whatever happens, happens. But I can't keep being that girl that's working on a card game for the rest of my life. (laughs) That never puts it out. Right. So it just kind of switched. I, I like reached a point of like. 
it looked weird for me not to put it out, (laughs) you know? (laughs) That's good. I mean, they're kind of keeping you accountable by asking. Yeah, absolutely. And also, though, like, I do feel, though, at the point that I put it out, every single detail was accounted for. So that was the upside. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm a perfectionist, and, like, I've gone through every single card in this game, like, I don't know how many times, but it's a lot. And even, like, the first round of games... I didn't just want to reprint it. I said, I want to collect as much feedback as I can and apply that to this next round of games. So I think it was a mixture of like being a perfectionist and wanting this to be everything I wanted it to, but then also like feeling insecure of what the result would be once that's out there. It's like a baby, you know, and like, yeah. what if someone calls it ugly? You know, like it's embarrassing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just a mixture of those two things, but then you just have to. You just have to know, like, this is as good as it's going to get for now and put it out into the world. So yeah, it's a mixture of those things for me. There was so many questions that you probably didn't include in here. Mm-hmm. How many would you say, like, that you wrote on those, like, really uh, nascent, like, decks in mm-hmm. the beginning mm-hmm. to what is actually tangibly in this game? It's probably, like, a hundred cards that could have been in there okay. that I took out. Wow. Yeah, so there was, like, a lot, like... Like, level one used to be, like, what do you think I'm addicted to? Or, like, what oh. do you think I'm insecure about? Like, things oh, that are just, God. yeah, two. And then I would, <laughs> so I would take the prototypes to places, like, different parties. And no one would know it's my game, obviously. Yeah. But I would just watch people's faces as they played. And I remember one, I remember it so vividly. He picked up, what do you think I'm addicted to? Went, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, he just had, like, a really bad response oh. to it. But rightfully so, because it's like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, why is this game asking you to tell me what you think I'm addicted to? It's just too much, you know? Right. You have to, like, it's almost like a movie. I think of the game as, like, three acts to a movie. And I, in my head, I see the emotions I want happening in mm. each level. And level one has to kind of reel you in. Yes. So you can't come into it with addiction you know (laughs) really hot yeah Yeah. so it it was just kind of like crafting it and molding it and like watching people play and like what cards make your eyes spark you know and that's what you want to follow yeah um so yeah wow that's a vulnerable position of like having watching people play your game without knowing it's yours I hated it so much I'm so happy that part's done with (laughs) I don't know if I could do I mean it's a necessary step but oh my god I had to very that was like a I really had to be like this is going to make the game better is this what you want yes okay then you have to do it and it was just very much and it was just I remember once I got a note from these two people who were playing for a long time at this party and my friend Iman and I went up to them afterwards. We're like, so what did you think about this game? We're representatives of the game. What did you think of it? <sighs> and they told us, like, one of their notes was like, we like the wild cards. We want more wild cards. Ooh. So when I went home, I sat in my car and said, I can't leave this car until I come up with 10 wild cards. Mm. And a lot of them are in the game now. So just that feedback, as much as I hated it, the minute they said it, I was like, fuck, that means it's not good enough yet. Right. That's what I heard. But then I took it and I was like, all right, let's make it better. Yeah. That's it was the same for any situation where like it's gonna be uncomfortable but is gonna make you better. It's just kind of like buckling up and going through it yeah. and just going like, all right, hit me. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be fine after this. But like without this, I won't get to the other side. Right, and yeah. like separating yourself from what from your product, even if you are the product in a way. But like, yeah. For me, it's like, is this about my ego or is this about what I'm trying to make? Absolutely, you know. And I need to get out of the way. Yeah. And make this about making this a better product and mm-hmm. not me having all the answers to begin with. Like, that's not real. Yeah. 
you know, so. And I'm going to reel that back into dating, of course. Yes. Because it's like this, I, I, I read somewhere that uh, when you and your partner get into a fight, it should never be you versus them. It should be like you two versus the problem. Yeah, I love that. And it's like the same thing as like getting your ego out of the way for the betterness of the end goal. It's, yeah. It's like I, I am, haven't been in a relationship in a long time. How long? Oh my god, two years. Okay, but like four years since like the real commitment relationship. E- okay. Ever since then, it was like I got hurt, and then I kind of like shelled, hermited up, and so like anytime I got close enough to like be someone's girlfriend, I would find an out, and I would mm-hmm. just go, "I'm not going to spend four more years with someone that I'm not going to marry," and then I would just back out. So then I've just been like. Kind of like sheltering myself from true connection. Ooh, I, yeah, yeah. I've definitely been there. <laughs> and I think right now it's starting to like, I, I was watching This Is Us and uh-huh. I felt like my heart like cracked open in the best way to like create more space. Hmm. I was like, I think I can, I think I can hold all of this now. And before I couldn't. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful that you kind of enjoyed being single and let yourself you know what I mean? Just be in that space. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Thank you. How long yeah. has it been since you're in a relationship? <laughs> yeah. I've or been are a, you in one now? I am. I am. <gasps> I've been in a relationship for like almost two years now. That's amazing. It's definitely the longest relationship I've ever been in and also the healthiest. This is completely yeah. different for me. A healthy relationship. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Listen, I, <laughs> I've experienced in this relationship because it's so beautiful and different. Yeah. I had really bad relationship anxiety, which is a big part of the Instagram page. That was a huge outlet for me for that. Yeah. Because I was experiencing paranoia, essentially, that my partner was lying to me about loving me and that this whole thing was fake. That's Mm. what I felt because I was so used to fights and uh, negativity that when that wasn't happening, my brain was kind of creating its own problems. I started seeing a therapist and he brought up a good point. He was like, your brain is trying to have control over the situation. Yeah. You feel out of control because things are happy and going well that you're afraid of losing it. You have no control. You don't know what can happen. So you're creating something to figure out. Yeah. And that makes you feel in control, but also like miserable. Totally. Um, and kind of like letting that go. But yeah, so that's kind of been my my new journey. Yeah. This probably helped right like yeah. having those questions and like being so honest with yourself yeah oh absolutely also um my boyfriend who's amazing he is the one that prompted something he and I would call vulnerable Sunday because I was really anxious I would be crying like almost every day because yeah. I was freaking out even though like, I could talk to him about my own paranoia about him <laughs> it, it made no yeah. rational sense totally um so I was able to talk to him about it and we started doing this, this thing called vulnerable Sunday where he and I would have time and an excuse to just vent about whatever we were feeling. It was mainly me. <laughs> um, and and it was really helpful. Wow. And that's kind of now on the Instagram page, I do Vulnerable Sunday. Yes. Inspired by him. Oh, how sweet. Where I pick a question from the game or come up with a question of that, that feels relevant during the week. Yeah. And people like show up and comment and we all kind of vent together. That's so cool. So that's, yeah. I love that. Do you have, first of all, so sweet for him to like He's do best. that. He's taught me so much. Oh He's my teaching gosh. me so much. It's insane. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my God. How inspiring. Uh, what do you have any more tips, like relational tips like that for couples that like maybe aren't connecting with each other? 
Yeah, vulnerable Sundays, like picking out a day that or a moment of time with the intention of really listening to each other and bringing things up that you may be too ashamed to bring up. Like just making that the intention. Yeah. But also you don't want to do it so much that like you have to start finding problems. So the vulnerable <laughs> Sunday can also be if you feel really grateful about something. Yeah. You know, and you just, because sometimes saying something you like can be, that can feel a little vulnerable. Like, you know, like you, you ordered Postmates for yourself yesterday, but you added my order too, even though I wasn't texting you back. Like that made me feel really loved, you yeah. know? Like, and even though that feels like a silly thing, like you bring that up on that time, you know? Right. And then hopefully that can just trickle into every day and you don't need vulnerable Sunday. You can just have it any moment. Mm -hmm. But if you're like me, like I would bottle in my problems. Like if something hurt me, instead of saying it to him, I would like let it fester and rot. And then he notices an attitude. Yeah. And then I bring it up a week later. Right. Because my justification was I didn't want to blow up in the moment. So let me think about this. Let me overthink about this let me for, overthink. for a week. <laughs> Hang on. Let me overthink about yeah, this. Let me overthink about this, you know, so this way I can come to you with an essay totally. and bullet points of why I feel this way. But in reality, that's just not cool because then you've been like – and there, there's a balance of – reflecting mm -hmm. and then letting your feelings be shown, but also like just kind of letting people in on your process. Like yeah. maybe I'm not ready to talk about it right now, but I'm, I'm thinking about it and like, let's circle back. Yeah. You know? So yeah. So vulnerable Sundays um, is one thing, but yeah, just like I said, just having like a set time and with the intention of listening to each other. Yeah. I used to have a friend, they're not together anymore, but we all thought they were going to be forever. Uh, they would have, I think they called it a powwow, but they would sit in front of each other and like hold each other's hands while they fought. Like whenever they had a fight, they would go, okay, let's powwow. And they would hold each other's hands while they like disagreed until they figured it out so they could feel that they're still like in it together. Right. Physically. Right. It's, it's just the feeling of like be feeling misunderstood. That's the most frustrating oh thing in, in an God. argument is like, yeah, you just don't see my side and mm -hmm. we're so stuck. I'm so, I'll just speak for myself. Like I get so stuck and like, you don't get it. You don't get what I'm going through that. We completely forget that that person is feeling the same exact thing. Right. They also want to be understood. Mm -hmm. And then we fear that like, no, they're just misunderstanding me. Let me just, and then I get like this instinct to like, Okay, let me just go away. Let me just disappear. Right, like I'll take myself out of the equation. Yeah, but that's petty. Like, mm -hmm. but it's so easy to go into that route. So it's just, it's just like a moment of like when you're in a fight, just asking yourself like, what am I blind to in this moment yeah. about my partner? Like, what am I not seeing? And like being really invested in understanding their point of view, even though you don't want to. You'll never want to do that. When, right. you're, when you're feeling wronged or you're feeling like you're in a fight, the last thing you want to do is get into the mind of the other person and, and empathize with them. You want them to empathize with you, <laughs> right. you know? But that's, that's, that's where, that's the art of it all. Is like, yeah. let me fully understand you and be invested in that. And hopefully the person will reciprocate. But like yeah. forcing yourself. Like I'm speaking literally to myself right now. Like <laughs> to hopefully I take this advice. Like when I'm feeling frustrated or in an argument. 
take myself, take the ego out and figure out how to be like the best journalist, like best, most inquisitive person towards how that my partner is feeling. Yeah. First. Yeah. And I won't want to, but do it anyways and then go from there. So like that's maybe the advice. That's good. At, I want to, I should write that down because I will definitely want to write it or remember it when I'm in a relationship. We'll text it to each other and yes. hold each other accountable. Oh, that would be good. Because I, as I say it, I'm like, no, but I want him to understand me. Like, know. you know, like you don't want to do that work, but we should just see if, because as I'm giving this advice, I'm like, let's put it to the test. And if it actually yeah. works, then we'll, we'll keep doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> I read something earlier today on Instagram that was like the only way to have someone know how you feel and think is to tell them how you feel and think and it's like we all always are just like assuming how the other person is and I think like in my past everyone that's done something quote wrong to me or like really just like malicious intent usually it's not malicious intent it's just everyone's doing the best they can with what they have and maybe they're just going through something and and they're Mindset is just a little clouded on how to proceed. Yeah. And what's interesting is they're not maybe going through something. They're definitely, <laughs> yeah. we're all, literally everyone in this building right now is going yeah. through a lot of things. Right. A lot. Like it would probably be like, like make a, you and I, cause we cry. We, we would right. cry if we found Instantly. this out. You know? So, so like reminding ourselves of that too, is just like, no, they're definitely going through a lot. I think about that all the time, like on the subway or like in the mall when someone is like highly populated. Yeah. I'll like turn to my friend and I'll go, everyone could cry at the drop of a hat right now if you just mentioned one thing. Yeah. And like you look at one person who's like doing like something incredible, like any celebrity that anyone that listening is following. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is like really pained mm-hmm. in a way, but like is covering it up by just like being just a human, just a normal human going about their day. But like we're all just like doing our best and hurting, but also like longing for love and longing for connection. And we're all just like pretending like we're not. Right, right. And then remembering that in like moments of conflict with people in general. Yeah. Helps us, I think. Yeah. Ooh, I'm like excited to get into my next fight. (laughs) Right? Because I can't wait to be like great in that moment to like (sighs) nix the argument let them know I care be like a good support ground for somebody right and then also just analyze like even in this moment of talking it out loud it's like because we you we both heard that advice before like Mm. be invested in listening but I'm trying to figure out right now is like what is actually getting in the way of that like what's our what's the um what's the thing that's holding us back in that moment like what is it and I I don't know. I'm open to hearing. What, what do you think? I, th- I mean, it sounds like to me it would it would be ego or the story that we have told ourselves for 20, 30 something years that we're so like we're going to die on that cross of like this is who I am. But it's not like really who we are. It's just who we've been. Mm, yeah. That's good. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, let me think because I actually kind of got into something like a little argument <gasps> recently. So I'm, I'm really trying to channel yeah. that. And, um, what's also, yeah, I mean, like at some point it is just uh, your emotions. And so like, maybe it's like needing time in order to get to that point where you can ask yourself. Right. Yeah. That's, that's true too. Is like, okay. Like allowing yourself to feel in that moment. And then uh, I think what gets in the way is just for me truly. And I've said, I just said it, but uh, is feeling like they're not getting me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not being understood. Um, so just maybe like to counteract that, that impulse of feeling misunderstood or like I'm not being understood 
is saying, it's just trusting that it will, I will be understood, especially if I'm more invested in understanding. So kind of alleviating that, like, yeah, that fear that I won't be understood by saying no, like by trying to understand that's actually going to help your cause more than anything. Yeah. Does that make sense? So maybe like there's like a flip in strategy instead of wanting to be understood by like really defending myself. Yeah. Realize that, no, that's not the way someone's going to understand me. Yeah. Is it's instead asking more questions, being more receptive to their side Mm -hmm. and that's going to let them be more receptive to my side. Absolutely. So flipping this. Definitely. I remember the last time that I, I was like casually dating this guy and we definitely just we weren't on the same page with a lot of things. I had like a bunch of expectations and he had no idea how to like meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. And Relatable. but like we- yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me to myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like he wanted to, but he just was so scared because of his his past relationships where he got in trouble for a bunch of stuff. He was scared to what? To mess up. Okay. So yeah. he wouldn't try. Mm. It's like that quote, like, don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. So that was applying to him with you. Yeah. So, like, if he wanted to take you out on a nice date, he wouldn't because what if he, like, fucks it up or, right. like, doesn't do as good as you'd want him to? It's, it, like, yeah, exactly that, especially in terms of, like, making the bed. Uh. Like, he wouldn't make the bed because, like, his ex did, like, military corners. <gasps> and I'm like, well, I. Just, like, putting a sheet on is yeah. good enough for me. Yeah. Like, just let's have respect for the space. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah. remember, yeah. like, we finally got into it. And it's, I was, like, on a kick. Like, I mean, I'm always on a self-help therapy kick. But, like, this same. moment, yes, yeah, say, <laughs> which is perfect. I think this episode might come out during mental health uh, illness. Oh, amazing. Week, month. Um, all of the – I love fall in general because yeah. we're all – we're finally talking about all of it. Yeah. But uh, I had mentioned to him – that I had like an issue. I didn't say issue. I don't know how I presented it, but I was like, I want to talk about a few things. And like, we were on the bed that was made and he had said something to me that would have triggered me in a way that I was like offended. But like, I felt myself like tense up. And then I was like, okay, I have a choice to not tense up right now. And so I like took a quick breath and I was like, can you tell me more about that? And then he was able to like he had like a weird look on his face like, oh, I thought this was going to go differently because I think he said what he said to hurt me because mm. I had voiced a concern that he was triggered by. And so I think he was defending himself and he was like, well, yeah, I wish you were more like this. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Like, please tell me more. I would love to know. And then everything, the whole conversation got like calm and we were on the same page. There was compassion. There was understanding. It was like, how interesting. Just one quick, one one specific way of going about that has changed the whole structure of the the moving forward that's beautiful that to me is like a gem like can you tell me more about that yeah that could be a a card you know what I mean that you could pull out in any a mental card right you know um I'm gonna use that so thank you yeah you're absolutely (laughs) welcome uh I think we've done such a good job here I had such a great time talking with you but before I let you go I want you to give one piece of advice to your younger self hmm I mean I would maybe maybe the only thing is be more organized because Mm. I wish something I love to do I don't know if you've ever done this but like Going through old phones or, like, old devices and seeing all the photos you have in there mm. and, like, inspo and, like, all the things that you pulled, like, references from. Like, I had, like, I recently found an old phone of mine and I charged it and I saw these, like, 
things that inspired me. And I almost wish my younger self at like 15, 16, like kept everything on a hard drive because I just would love to just go back and like, like reminisce and like get inspired. Yeah. You know, so I think like do what you're like, I, I have no regrets, but I wish I had more, more things to look back on. Yeah. You know, like digital archives. Absolutely. I lose everything. So I'm yeah, with you same, on that. Same. If I had a hard drive, I would have lost it by now. Yeah, probably same. I have no yearbooks. It's so sad. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. I think my mom stored it for me. So that's why My I mom have did for a while. And then she was like, do you want these? And I was like, no, nah, that's okay. And I'm like, because ah. I was also on yearbook. I was like uh-huh. a, the design editor. So like I did a bunch of the spreads. So it's kind of like my first art pieces. Right. But I was like, no, give them away. Mm. So sad. Maybe like an old classmate. Yeah. Can have it or, you know what I mean, can help you. <laughs> yeah, maybe my sister does. I should text her. Yeah. Just in general, check up on yeah, her. Yeah, just check in. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This was so fun. Yeah. Where can people find you, the game, anything? Um, so find me on Instagram at Kareen, K-O-R-E-E-N. And um, my public diary is at We're Not Really Strangers. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I forgot to ask so many questions about that, but we'll just have to <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> to go uh, offline sometime. Yes. Uh, if you guys have any sticky situations or burning concerns, call us at 805-751-9071. You give us your age and we'll give you quasi-wisdom. Again, that's 805-751-9071. See you next week on Just a Dip. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>